My name is Nicholas Haskins, and I'd like a moment of your time to tell you about the 5th Annual Livestream for the Cure. To do that, I brought along two people whom I couldn't do this event without, Gerald Morris and Dan Brennick. Over the past four years, the Livestream for the Cure has raised over $30,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. That contribution is helping to fund research into cancer immunotherapy, training the body's immune system to fight all forms of cancer. This year, we're aiming for our biggest goal yet as we try to raise $15,000 in 50 hours on the air. Tune in May 19th through the 23rd as we're joined live by podcasters and content creators from around the world. With your help, we can continue the fight for a future immune to cancer. Together, we can make a difference. My name is Nicholas Haskins, and over the past 40 years, I have fallen in love with creating in my kitchen. I believe in scratch cooking, fresh ingredients, and positive energy. Join me on this culinary journey as we discuss the weekend food, and I break down a recipe step-by-step for you to make it home. Welcome to Nikolai's Kitchen. Good morning. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Nikolai's Kitchen, episode 15. Such an amazing treat to have you here. Welcome. Welcome to March already of 2021. Doesn't it feel like this year is flying by? But if this is your first episode, welcome. It's such a thrill to have you here. This is a show all about scratch-made food and positive energy. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. It's wonderful to have you here. I love each and every one of you. Anybody that has ever taken the time to dial this in, put it in your ears, whether you're driving to work, out for a walk, lounging around the living room, sitting in your kitchen, getting ready to prep something that I've broken down on this show. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. My gratitude for you is absolutely boundless. want to actually kick things off with a little bit of This Week in Food, which is something that we haven't really seen on the show in the past few weeks. Sadly, there are those weeks when I just don't need this week in food, really. And what I mean by that is I'm not necessarily cooking during the week or the only thing I've really done outside and, and, you know, recipe wise or really tried to break down or whatever is that featured recipe that I normally break down at the end of the episode. But this week in food, I just had an off week energy wise. Have you ever guys just had a down week energy wise? It's not that you're depressed necessarily or whatever but sometimes whether it's the season or whether it's just the energy in the air or whether it's just you know a a workload stressing you out or whatever it might be sometimes there's just those times in life when our energy level is just not quite where it normally would be whenever my energy level dips i get in the kitchen Because nothing really inspires me more than getting into the kitchen and just cooking my heart out. Because I just love to create and I'm filled with so much positive energy bursting forward when that chicken hits a pan. You hear that initial sizzle. You smell spices wafting through the air. You just squeeze out lemon and you just get that burst of citrus. Just amazing. There's nothing in the world that can pick your mood up quite like food. So 
I spent a lot of time in the kitchen this week. I also wanted to use a couple of ingredients and a couple of things that I've had sitting around the kitchen for a while. And that's why I landed on beef stew. I have had, I made chili ages ago. Ages upon ages ago. I might have talked about it in this show. It might actually predate this show. I'm pretty sure it actually predates this show. Oh boy. I've had a huge, huge, probably like three to three and a half pound chuck roast sitting in my freezer for like four months. I'm like, I gotta use this thing. And I haven't made beef stew in quite a while. So I chucked it into the fridge once it thawed out, took it out, and then I gave it a good healthy amount of cracked black pepper. And I actually have a hot Cajun sea salt that I sprinkled liberally over it and gave that thing a nice high heat sear on all sides. Then once I let it rest for a bit, I cubed it up nice small chunks, probably like, you know, like three quarters of an inch cube. And then I prepared potatoes, carrots, celery, onion, garlic, chucked them all in. And I really, really think of beef stew as kind of the kitchen sink of meals. There's so much that you can do with beef stew. It is so, so versatile because you're basically chucking a ton of ingredients into a pot and you're just letting it cook down. So I had some bone broth that I had made French dip, disastrously made French dip. I think I did talk about that one on the show. Ugh. Just one of the worst recipes that I have ever made in my life. And I think it has everything to do with that bone broth because the bone broth was too prominent in that. However, I could hide it pretty well in this beef stew. So I did. I had some beef soup base that I've had for quite a while. Some like powdered soup base. Chucked it in. I had a little bit of red wine mustard, homemade red wine Dijon mustard, which was pretty spicy, pretty much on the horseradishy side. But I thought to myself, you know what? This could give this a little bit of a bite. Chucked it in. Grabbed a bottle of my home brewed stout. Chucked it in. Not the whole bottle. I poured it in. <laughs> it's just cooked down for hours and hours. And it tasted amazing. Beef stew, like I said, it's really, really one of those things. And if I have something in the kitchen that I kind of need to use up, it goes in. It just goes in. And I mean, it just like you let it reduce to a point where you can make a slurry with cornstarch or flour or whatever and thicken up that liquid. I actually didn't have any cornstarch, so I let it cook down to where that broth really, really thickened up. Oh, what a dream. What an absolute dream this stuff turned out to be. All of this served to just pick my energy back up during the week. And it was really, really, really wonderful to, to just spend some time in the kitchen, really making some stuff. And now, because I spent so much time in the kitchen last week, I've got tons of leftovers to go through this week. And you can't wait. I was talking to Rebecca earlier today, and she asked what this week's positivity segment was going to be about. And I didn't know. And then she said, why don't you do it about friendship? Because we had just spent the weekend playing Among Us with a bunch of my friends from college. Such a wonderful, fun game. You have to check it out if you never have before. And in just a few moments, you're going to hear a discussion between myself and one of my best friends. Somebody who I adore. Who is an amazing, amazing dude. Who do you call a friend? What does that word mean, friend? To have a friend. I think of friends and I think of amazing nights out behind my friend Jay's house when I was a kid. He used to have a little tree fort out there behind his house and a big fire pit and we'd go up there and we'd we'd go down to the lingerie factory across the street and we'd get old shipping pallets that they had and drag them up to the woods and start fires that would go like 50 feet high. 
You could tell where the fires were in the summertime because no leaves would bloom on any of those branches because <laughs> of the updraft from the heat. Think about all the people that, you know, we used to have, you know, parties when I was a teenager out in the woods behind my house. We had a nice big tree fort out there. It was so, so wonderful just hanging out out there, hanging out with people like my friend Mike in the garage at my mom's house. Mike passed away way back in 1999. My friend John, who passed away just a little over two years ago. It's weird, right? I think about friendship and I think about riding around in a car with Dan and Clarion and him yelling out the window that he's not wearing hockey pads because we love the Dark Knight. <laughs> he would just do that gravelly Batman voice. I think about going to team dinner at Clarion, sitting down with everybody at Chandler at first, you know, when Chandler was still a thing. And then Eagle Commons, once Eagle Commons opened the new dining hall. It was so amazing. And every time, especially at Eagle Commons, Chandler had like big rectangular rows of tables, but Eagle Commons had like big round tables and we had to push a couple of them together because we had so many people. You have like 15 to 20 people show up to team dinner all the time. And we were there right at four o'clock every single time. And we took that whole corner of that dining hall. And God, did we have a blast. We had to get yelled at all the time because we were over there making such a ruckus. But we loved every minute of that life every single minute and when we all still get together like whenever we can and i know it's a global pandemic and we haven't seen each other in a while but when we do we recapture every single bit of that energy and like it just sets my soul on fire like nothing else can i love it so much and i miss a lot of those people i think about going to my friend joe's sitting in the shack six feet by six feet or so on my drum set, Joe on guitar, and my friend Jake on the bass, turning the lights out, jamming out, trying to work on our timing, and all of a sudden the bass would stop. And we turned the lights on, and there was Jake drinking Jack Daniels out of a plastic popsicle holder. <laughs> Jake died of cancer back in 2005. Playing Risk with my brother, my sister, Tommy, Crowley, John. And how John was literally the worst Risk player of all time. He would stretch his army so thin and attack people all the time, even when he had no army to back it up. And then, come together. <laughs> and then everybody would mass and just take him out. Memories. That's what friendship is. Memories going down to my friend Tommy's house and standing on top of his bed frame sideways, ripping insulation down from his house. <sighs> Walking through Clarion in the middle of the night, singing Meatloaf at the top of my lungs with Caleb. Cautionary Tales of Swords on Netflix and Swill. Talking about the Oscars with Emily and James. Talking about Lost with Paul. Watching Lost with Craig and Danny. Stacers the Great. Talking about that chili with Fuzzy Dan. Reviewing the room. 
reviewing Battlefield Earth and Waterworld with Brad. Oh, Brad. (laughs) Epic film guys. Justin and the Sauce. Sitting in my car in the TGI Fridays parking lot. When the Dark Knight Rises trailer came out. And putting it on Justin's iPhone, plugging it into my car stereo and turning it up as loud as it would go. And we watched that trailer over and over and over and over again. Talking to Perry and Lindsay during live stream for The Cure. Talking to Lindsay the year after, after he had passed. I'm cold and there are wolves after me. The first time I ever met my friend Sean... And our absolute obsession with The Simpsons that continues to this day. Going to Toronto with Bill and Melissa. Ordering the worst pizza in the world. (laughs) Absolutely the worst pizza in the world. And then when it was like 20 degrees below zero, walking through downtown Toronto where the wind just shoots through the corridors and the city blocks. And going to bars in Toronto. Virtual watch parties with Cassie. Watching Love Actually or Julie and Julia. Just watching movies that really lifted our souls up in a time in our lives when we both desperately needed it. Playing D&D with Tommy. My brother. Missy. Crowley. Big Tom. Joanne. Giants games with Tommy. And Big Tom. Mandy. Spades with Crowley. Go wheels, man. Go wheels. Uh. Team football on the rugby field. Regis throwing himself at me and usually getting a good tackle on me, even though he was a quarter of my size. Sweet D trying to tackle me and I just steamrolled her. Poor Sweet D. Living in the doble. Marie would turn the oven on and then stand over it to get warm, but then she couldn't move off of it, so I would have to pick her up and move her out of the way of the oven door. Watching Agents of Cracked with Brian. Dressing up for the drag ball with Siggy and going on rounds as an RA. Visiting Brian and Vicky in Ithaca when they moved up there. Pirates baseball for Caleb's bachelor party. Letterkenny for Caleb's bachelor party. Making lasagna for Caleb's bachelor party. Going to the strip club during my bachelor party and the most memorable thing about it is Justin standing up and screaming out loud for Prince. Brentley falling in the hole over and over again playing Mega Man. (laughs) (laughs) Sitting up all night. Smoking cigarettes one after the other with Brian and Clarion. I'd had a bad fight with my girlfriend, and I just needed to vent and get it all off of my chest. Or when he needed to do the same. Zombies. With Bill, and Craig, and John. I hold on to these things so tightly. You never know when life is going to change. And when all of a sudden you're not going to have that thing anymore. Or the people that made that thing possible. All you can eat pizza at Sparky's. Doing the turkey trot. It's like 10 degrees outside on Thanksgiving morning with my friend Joe. 
playing among us. Memories. That's what friendship is to me. Watching Rocket Man with Rebecca, playing Honey Buzz, playing Takenoko, Salty Bean and the Crepe Toots. <laughs> Watching the Virtual Nutcracker, dressing up for dinner at home. The first time that she stepped out of her car and she smiled at me. Everybody that I call friend, everybody who has given me memories. I'm going to take a quick break in just a moment here. And when I fade up the music and when we walk over into table for two, wherever you are, if you can, just take a moment in the interlude. Just close your eyes. Just think of a moment with friends. Think of a moment when you were so grateful to have those people in your life. When you laughed until you cried. Maybe you just cried. When you loved, really loved. When you never wanted anything to change. When you were just like, man, I wish we could just have these times right now, forever. Take a few moments. Think about that. Stay tuned. Hey, my name's Paul, and I'm not an animal expert. I'm Donna, and I'm not an animal expert either. And together we do a podcast about animals called Varmints. Every week we pick an animal, do a bunch of research on it, and bring you some interesting facts about that animal. But we don't stop there. We talk about that animal in movies, TV, and other pop culture. And we talk about whether or not that animal would make a tasty dish, and how intelligent we think it is on the scale of 1 to 10. It's exactly like one of those fancy PBS nature documentaries... Except with more poo jokes. New episodes go live every Thursday wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Or you can visit us at blazingcariboustudios.com. <laughs> Varmints! Varmints! <laughs> Hello and welcome back, everyone. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to dial into the show today, wherever you're listening, whenever, and on whatever platform or podcatcher you're listening can actually help me out on whatever podcast you're listening leave me a review help me grow through their algorithm whatever it is help me reach more ears let me spread my message of scratch made food and positive energy crusties now i know what you're saying nick you already did crusties 
They did a quick bite on Krusty's. Yes, I did. That is very, very true. But I decided to do Krusty's four different ways. And ever since Rebecca introduced me to them, they have kind of become like my obsession a little bit. A little bit. Kind of hit puberty there at 40 years old, that previous sense. But I'm here for it. Okay. Oh, my, 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 my. But yeah, I made four different versions. My goal was for an entire day, in spite of the frustrations that I had to deal with in the kitchen of not having enough space, only having one baking tray, and a pretty spectacular failure when it comes to the dessert version, we'll get there. These turned out largely quite good. And the good thing is, this is only my second time making them. I'm learning so, so much about what works and what doesn't for crusties. So before we get any further and I break down the actual variants that I did, the most important things that you need to do for crusties, get as much moisture out of everything as you can and roll them tightly. Those are really the keys because if you have too much moisture in your crusties, you're going to have everything kind of leak out through the bottom. And if your roll is not tight enough, then they're going to kind of fall apart and blow out wide. A third thing that I would recommend, which I'll talk about more when I get to the margarita crusties, but make sure you actually cut your dough to a good length because you don't want to cut these too short trying to stretch more crusties out of it because if you cut them really low, then unfortunately they're just not going to set up. I take one pizza dough. You can go back to episode 10, check out my recipe for pizza dough. One pizza dough rolled out into a large rectangular shape. Preheat your oven to 400 degrees. Once you roll everything up and cut your crusties, you're going to want to cut them into about an inch and a half to two inch rolls. Stack them on their end on a baking tray separated. You don't want them crammed together. And then you want to bake them for 20 to 25 minutes. Most of mine took about 22 minutes and they were perfect every time in terms of the temperature anyway. Those are the most important things to keep in mind. You could probably play around with that with some of the variations, but one of the things that I really wanted to do with this recipe was try to keep it versatile and try to keep it similar. That way it's not like, oh, well, when you're making this version of a crusty, turn the oven to 350. This version of a crusty, it's 425. No, 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 no. I want it the same temperature, same generally speaking amount of time. So let's talk about sausage, egg, and cheese crusties. Now, I used a chicken breakfast sausage made with Vermont maple syrup and apples. It's a really good, but it's sweet sausage. So mine turned out a little bit on the sweeter side, even though you've got other savory elements in there. You use whatever works for you. You could also, I am more than sure, chuck bacon into this. These ones require eight ounces of cheddar cheese shredded. Scrambled eggs, you're going to use about eight eggs. I actually ended up using about half egg whites and half eggs in this mixture just because I had egg whites kicking around from the lemon curd that I made, which we'll talk about a little later. The breakfast sausage, of course, you're going to want to pan sear this and then finely chop it. Scallions diced, which I really think would be a great addition to this. I did not use them in this recipe, though. So I just want to keep that in mind when you see the images or whatever on social media. I did not use scallions, but they would be perfect in this. Four tablespoons or a half of a stick of butter at room temperature, cracked black pepper, and salt. First step here is just to spread your butter across the dough in a nice even layer. Then you're going to layer in your cheddar cheese and then your eggs and sausage. Then add scallions, black pepper, and salt to taste. Get a tight roll on it. Like I said, cut them into inch and a half to two inch tall rolls. 
and then stack them on their ends on a baking tray, shove them in the oven. Now, when you roll these up, the first time I ever made them, I didn't do this. But every time I made them this past weekend, I did. I did the entire roll and then I tucked in the ends and then I sealed the seam on the bottom. Okay. And then when I cut them, like the ones on the end, I just put the dough end down. So you still have fillings facing up on the end pieces as well. These turned out absolutely perfect. You could definitely go with a few different variations for dipping sauces here. I really wish I had some of my homemade honey sriracha garlic maple syrup. Would have been perfect with just a little drizzle of the heat right over this. I actually ended up adding some of my Carolina Reaper wing sauce that I made over the top of these. Perfect. Just added a little bit of a kick to these. Wonderful. Absolutely amazing. Of all the crusties that I made, these ones probably turned out, I would say, second best. I would say second best. These ones were really, really good. And again, it's all about chopping your ingredients to the right size and consistency. You don't want any ingredients that are too bulky in the dough. Everything that you do for any of these variations needs to be pretty finely chopped so that way you can get everything rolled up kind of tightly and uniformly. To move on now to the margarita pizza variation here. I did six Roma tomatoes, finely chopped, 10 to 12 cloves of garlic, finely chopped, two cups of basil leaves, roughly chopped. I didn't chop mine. Rebecca told me I should have, and she's right. <laughs> four cups of shredded cheddar cheese, four tablespoons or a half a stick of butter at room temperature, cracked black pepper and salt. Now, what I did was ahead of time, again, one of the keys to making crusties is get as much moisture out as you can. Tomatoes have a lot of water in them. This is also why you don't want to use fresh mozzarella, even though I know you're making margarita, quote unquote, margarita pizza, but you don't want to use fresh mozzarella because it's got a lot more moisture in it. If you do use fresh mozzarella, you're going to want to sweat it somehow and try to get moisture out of it. I prepared the tomatoes and garlic ahead of time, chopped them, chucked them in a container, and I added the salt here to draw the water out of the tomatoes. I drained out as much of the liquid as I could. I think they sat overnight. I mean, you de definitely don't need to do overnight, but at least a couple of hours. Drain out all the liquid. Then I folded up a paper towel, stuck it in the container, sealed it, and then flipped it upside down so all the tomatoes and everything came down on top of the paper towel. Get even more of that liquid out, and you can repeat this step as necessary. I probably could have, honestly, but I decided not to. Same way we prep the breakfast when you're going to spread your butter across the dough in a nice even layer. Layer your mozzarella cheese, and then you're going to do your tomatoes, garlic, and basil, and black pepper to taste. You probably won't need to add any salt because your tomatoes should be pretty well salted from the previous step, but if you need to add any extra salt here, go ahead and do that. Roll it tightly, cut it up. These ones tasted really, really good, but the biggest problem that I had with these is I cut them way, way too short. So I make my own dough. And when I make my dough, it's based on my bread recipe, which makes three pizza doughs per recipe. And I decided after the first rise to cut it into three sections. Well, this section got a lot less dough for whatever reason, because I'm terrible at cutting things up, basically. So when I rolled this one out, I didn't have nearly as much dough as I wanted to. So I cut the crusties shorter as a result. They were only probably about a half to three quarters of an inch. No, definitely not. They ended up, because they were too short, they ended up kind of blowing out sideways instead of rising up and staying in that nice crusty form and getting kind of as crispy as they would like. Rebecca had these with ranch. I didn't make the ranch homemade. I'm sorry. I've never made ranch homemade because I'm not a ranch fan, but I know she swears by it, especially for crusties. It was just one of those things when you order these from Chansey's, you had to get ranch with them. 
I did not. I just ate them as is. I thought they were wonderful just by themselves, just in that kind of margarita pizza style. But moving on from there to something that I was really, really eager to try, which is a buffalo chicken dip variety. Now, I know what you're thinking. Nick, you got to put wing sauce in there. Nope. I definitely did not put any wing sauce inside of the roll. And this is one of those things where if you make these, you can kind of tailor this to your own experience and you can kind of tailor this to what you want to do with it. You can make various different spicy sauces and then people can take it and they can tailor it to their own tastes. And you're not just making like a whole batch, kind of like you have to do with buffalo chicken dip. Like it's as spicy as it's going to be when you make the whole crock butter pan or whatever you're doing with it. But I took four ounces of cream cheese at room temperature. I use one-third fat cream cheese. I've talked about this on the show before. I will say it anytime I get the opportunity, please never use fat-free cream cheese. If you want to know why, compare the number of ingredients to the ingredients in regular or one-third fat cream cheese. There are like 20 of them, and they're all really big words that are hard to pronounce. Regular cream cheese and one-third fat have like four. <laughs> You're going to want to do four tablespoons or a half a stick of butter at room temperature. A quarter of a cup of blue cheese crumbles, which unfortunately I forgot when I made this, but it's buffalo chicken dip. You have to have a blue cheese element in there, at least I truly feel. You're going to want to do three chicken breasts pan seared. This is a big pet peeve of mine in the kitchen, but some people when they make buffalo chicken dip, they just boil their chicken. I really don't understand why when you can brown them, you can sear them with some salt, pepper, get a little drizzle of olive oil in there and really, really get a great, great flavor on them before you shred them. I don't understand why anybody would ever boil chicken breasts. <laughs> I, I think Christiane actually mentioned it on Podbean when I posted and talked about this the last time, but you feed it to the dogs that way when you're making homemade dog food. I mean, that makes complete sense, but you're not feeding buffalo chicken dip to the dog. You need eight ounces of cheddar cheese, shredded, cracked black pepper, and salt. We're going to talk about the wing sauce after I talk about the crusties because I'm going to give you my wing sauce that I made for this as well. For this recipe, I prepared the chicken ahead of time. So you're going to want to just pan sear your chicken. I just do that with a little bit of olive oil, mid-high, salt and pepper your chicken breasts liberally, and then you're going to want to sear them for about two and a half minutes per side. And then I have oven-safe pans. If you don't, transfer these to a baking dish. If not, chuck them into the oven, which should already be preheated to 400, and just let them finish up for about 10 to 12 minutes, depending on the thickness. Make sure they're done. Take your chicken breasts out, then you're going to want to transfer them off onto a plate or platter and let them rest. All right, so you're going to take your cream cheese and your butter. And I was thinking to myself, I want to spread the butter over the dough like you do with a crusty, but you need a cream cheese element in here. But how am I supposed to add that or incorporate that in here? Unless I guess you could always take the chicken and all the other elements and kind of mix them together. But I don't really see the point in that because it's much easier to do what I did, which was take the cream cheese and butter, chuck them into a bowl, whip them together with an electric mixer. Now, you don't need to go ham on this. You don't need to really do anything but get them well incorporated together. You don't need to add anything else to them either. Maybe a little bit of garlic. Garlic never hurt anybody. <laughs> Spread your cream cheese butter mixture out in an even coating over your dough. So once your chicken is rested, you're going to want to chop it very, very roughly. I just cut them into about 10 large chunks or so. And then I chucked all the chicken into my food processor and just pulsed it a couple of times. So this got shredded. This is going to be shredded more than you normally would do for buffalo chicken dip, but that's because you want to roll it up into these crusties and have it be kind of a uniform size. Then you're going to layer your cheddar cheese and your chicken over the top of the dough. Add your blue cheese, salt, and pepper to taste. Maybe some more garlic. Why not some garlic? Roll them up. Cut them in about an inch and a half to two inches, and then bake them again 20 to 25 minutes until they're done. 
While they are baking, you can prepare your wing sauce here, which I used two cups of Red Hot, one red onion diced, 12 cloves of garlic, finely chopped, four tablespoons or a half a stick of butter, a quarter of a cup of dark brown sugar, salt, and pepper to taste. I actually use the same pan that I cooked the chicken in, but go ahead and just chuck your butter in there over medium heat, let it melt, add your onions, sprinkle some salt over them to start to sweat them down. After a minute or two, once they kind of start to sweat out and get a little bit translucent, you're going to add your brown sugar, mix that in, reduce the heat to low, cover it, let your onions saute for 15 to 20 minutes or until it gets nice and golden brown and soft. Turn your heat back up to medium, remove the cover and add the garlic. You're just going to cook this for a minute. You don't want your garlic to get overcooked or burn here. Then you're going to add your red hot stir that in here and let it cook until it's thickened. It's only going to take you probably three to five minutes. It's not going to take that long to kind of bring this together. Add some more black pepper and some salt to taste here if you like. And then if you really want to kick this up a notch, you could take this wing sauce and then you can kind of start partitioning it out. You can add like a really spicy hot sauce to a couple different versions of it and make like different stages of it. And that's buffalo chicken dip done and dusted. Now, this was by far, and Rebecca agreed with me, this was by far the best. I mean, in terms of I got the tightest roll on this one, the consistency of this one I think was perfect. And just that wing sauce just dolloped over the top or used as a dipping sauce. Perfect. And of course, she had ranch along the side with this as well. And she was basically doing both. She would dip in a little wing sauce, dip in a little ranch. I mean, these ones, by far my favorite. If I return to any of these, for 100% certainty, it is going to be the buffalo chicken dip. Although the margarita and the breakfast versions really did turn out pretty good and with a couple of tweaks would be even better. This one, I don't necessarily think, I mean, aside from not forgetting blue cheese, <laughs> I don't really think this one can get much better. This one was absolutely incredible. By far my favorite. I wish I had made like four trays of these. They were so good. To move on from that, though, and now I'm going to only talk about this in an informational sense. I'm breaking this down because this is what I did, not because I want you to replicate this. Do not replicate this. This was a disaster. But I want to talk a little bit about some of my kind of workshopping ideas and things that I'm thinking about next time, okay? Because I'm going to try something like this again, but I don't necessarily know what I'm going to do yet. So I, I'm kind of workshopping it still. Next time I make crusties, I really want to give this kind of thing or something very similar another crack. These were... Blueberry lemon cream cheese crusties with a lemon icing. The only thing that turned out about these was the lemon icing. <sighs> these melted everywhere. All of the filling, everything inside of these melted everywhere. I've got a couple of theories as to why, and I've got a couple of reasonings as to why. So one evening I was just kind of wandering around in one of the food forums I follow on Facebook, and I happened upon a recipe for blueberry lemon dessert rolls. These looked absolutely amazing. And I thought to myself, what if I did those as a crusty? What would that look like? What would that entail? So I pulled up the recipe for the blueberry rolls and these ones used lemon curd. I've never made lemon curd before, but I decided to follow the recipe link to the lemon curd recipe, which was from the same food blog. I'll post that down in the show notes. You'll get the link to the lemon curd. And I decided to make the lemon curd. So I followed the recipe exactly as it is over on the food blog, and it is as follows. A half a cup of fresh lemon juice, a cup of white sugar, six large egg yolks, a half a teaspoon of salt, a tablespoon of lemon zest, and a half a cup, that's one stick of cold butter, cut it into one half tablespoon square. So basically you're going to cut your stick of butter lengthwise and then chop it up into eight separate pieces. 
So you're gonna get a medium saucepan, mix together your lemon juice, your sugar, and your egg yolks. You wanna mix this until it's relatively well incorporated. Then you're gonna turn your heat to mid-high and stir constantly until it starts to thicken. This will take about 10 to 15 minutes. No, it won't. <laughs> I promise you, three minutes in, three minutes in, this was burning to the bottom of the pan. Now this is one of those things you have to stir constantly. From the time I put this on the pan and turned it on, one minute in, it started boiling. Three minutes after that, it was overdone. This turned into lemon taffy. Like it was like a soft taffy in the fridge. It was definitely not smooth. It was definitely not spreadable. 10 to 15 minutes is ludicrously high. There's no way that that can be correct because like I said, this was burning to the bottom of the pan as I was stirring it. As I was stirring it, like by the time I would move my spoon back over it, it would already be burnt like a second or two later. So I'm going to say that this should be 10 to 15 minutes at mid-low. Maybe mid, but even mid, I think you're looking at maybe tops six to eight or maybe eight to 10 minutes. I'm going to try this again. I have not done it as of this recording, but by the time this episode comes out, I will. Hey guys, it's Nick checking in from the editing room a few days later. I actually had all the ingredients I needed to make this again, except for lemons. So I bought another bag of lemons and I actually gave this another crack. And wouldn't you know it, based on the things that I thought I needed to change, this turned out perfectly. So I did two different things. I reduced the heat to mid-low, as I talked about, and this took about 8 to 10 minutes at mid-low. And then, after I combined everything in the pan... Once it started to warm up and all the sugar kind of started to get melty, but before it started to boil, I hit this with my immersion blender. I would recommend if you don't have an immersion blender, do it with a hand mixer before you put it in the pan, before you start cooking it. Otherwise, once it goes in the pan and starts to warm up, hit it with an immersion blender to really pulse everything together. Once you do this uh, and you do what's called the trail test, you just drag your wooden spatula or your wooden spoon or your, your silicone spatula, whatever, through it. And once it leaves behind a clear trail that'll kind of close up pretty quickly, you're done. Like I said, it took me about eight minutes, pulled it out, added the butter and salt and everything and the lemon zest, folded all that in and oh, just perfection. Turned out so, so, so perfectly. So I'm not sure what happened in the translation of this recipe into this food blog or whatever, but once I made those amendments, it was to die for. Absolutely loved it. I just wanted to check in here and let you guys know that this was actually a success. I turned this into a huge success and it was amazing. So this is the lemon curd that I used. I also used four ounces of cream cheese at room temperature, four tablespoons or a half a stick of butter at room temperature. The same exact thing I did for the buffalo chicken crusties. I actually combined it all together and just split it half and half between the two recipes. For the blueberries, and I think this is the other area where I kind of failed a little bit or failed a little bit more than I needed to. I did a pint of blueberries, which is approximately 11 to 12 ounces, a quarter of a cup of white wine, two tablespoons of white sugar. I decided to make a blueberry compote. Now, basically, the theory behind a compote is you're kind of cooking it down until it becomes this nice kind of thick, almost fruit spread or almost fruit jam. And I mean, when it, you know, solidifies up in the fridge, it kind of is jam, basically. So I took my compote, the lemon curd and the cream cheese butter mixture, and I actually rolled out the dough and I did diagonal stripes across it. Because the theory was, is when I roll this up, you're going to get kind of layering of all the different things in the entire roll. I didn't want to just do vertical or horizontal stripes because no, I wanted to have, make sure everything was going to be well incorporated here. These crusties, however, were just, just a disaster because the filling completely leaked out of them. So here's what I think I would do differently next time. 
instead of making a blueberry compote, because I really, really think that only kind of aided and abetted uh, all the bad elements of this. Now, I used the same exact cream cheese butter mixture in the buffalo chicken ones, and they didn't burn. But that is because you have cheese and you have chicken and all those different things in the buffalo chicken ones. So I don't know necessarily if it was the best choice here. I think I would try to use that mixture again, though, or maybe just cream cheese. Maybe just omit the butter entirely. Just get cream cheese nice and warm and spread that out over the dough. And then for the blueberries, I wouldn't make a compote. What I would instead do is just kind of smash some blueberries and then maybe add a little bit of sugar, like a tablespoon or two of sugar, just to sweat them out. Same kind of way we did with the tomatoes earlier. Just get as much of that juice and that liquid out of there as you can. Combine that with your cream cheese and your butter mixture maybe and spread that over the dough. The lemon curd, I honestly don't think I would do inside of this at all. And the lemon curd, you could actually use as a dip. And you could still make the lemon icing and drizzle this over the top and get kind of the entire experience, the, the lemon and blueberry all together. Crusties are so, so versatile. I really can't wait to do other variations of this. Like I really want to try to make honey mustard chicken crusties. Problem is Rebecca won't eat it because she doesn't like honey mustard or chicken on pizza which is like a terrible collision of things for me who loves honey mustard chicken pizza, especially from Nurchies. I want to kind of try to replicate that inside of a crusty. And I mean, there's so, so many other things that you could do with this. I've seen there's like a food group of people that used to go to Radford that used to eat them from Chansey's and talk about all the different variations and a lot of other people that make them homemade and actually, you know, try these different things Lots and lots of interesting designs, lots and lots of interesting things. Think of like a, like a, like a steak and cheese, like imagine kind of making a Philly cheesesteak version of these, where you get your onions, where you get peppers, where you get, you know, cheesesteak and where you get like cheese whiz to dip this in. Like seriously, you could do so many different things with these. Someone totally just unsubscribed because I put things in a Philly cheesesteak that aren't supposed to be in there. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in Pennsylvania and Philly residents have always been extremely, extremely protective of what is and isn't supposed to be part of a Philly cheesesteak. So we'll just call it a cheesesteak crusty. We'll omit the Philly parts. But there's so many different things. It's so, so versatile. I can't wait to do more things with these. Think of like a cheeseburger version where you do like some ground beef in there and then you have like some mustard and ketchup or something like that to dip it in. I don't know. That one might not be quite as good, but I actually probably would. It probably would be pretty good. I am obsessed with these things, and I know Rebecca loves them, and it's so, so wonderful for me to get to connect to that kind of part of Rebecca's past and this little bit of nostalgia for her and to let her relive that so I can just kind of do something for her that I know is such a huge part of her college experience. It's really, really nice to be able to connect to her in more ways like that. And that is going to do it for another episode of Nikolai's Kitchen. I want to thank you so, so much for listening. Like I said earlier, if you listen to this, whatever podcast you're listening on, especially Apple Podcasts, I know I beat this drum a lot, but please head over there and leave me a five-star rating and review. It really, really, really does help me. It will help me get into more ears, and I would be eternally grateful to you. If you're listening to this in the month of March, I'm doing all month long free Patreon month. Head over to Patreon. The link is down in the show notes. All of my content that I'm releasing in the month of March is free over on Patreon. So head over there for bonus episodes, exclusive content, things like that. Like the full almost two hour interview that I did with Dan of Netflix and Swill. We talked for ages a lot more about his show about Netflix content and about a lot of different things that just didn't make the original cut of the episode. 
once you're over there, if you consider sticking around and throwing me a few bucks, I would really, really appreciate it. And thank you so much to all of my existing patrons who sometime later this month are going to be getting their spring rewards box as VIP members. Thank you so, so much, especially to my VIPs who really, really go above and beyond and make this show possible. I love your beautiful faces. I hope that you have an absolutely wonderful day, week, month, whenever you're listening to this. Please take good care of yourselves. Please love yourselves. And above all else, believe in yourselves. Thank you so, so much for listening. And thank you so much for coming on this journey with me. Thank you.